Welcome into episode 264 of Living Off the Land. I'm your host, Dan, here with uh, my co-host, Stephen. Stephen, it's Tuesday night. It's Tuesday night. It's about 9 o'clock, right about sunset, and we're just gliding like over the waves on Lake Erie. What are you, a radio DJ from 19... Who are you, Casey Coleman? I'm just getting Going through your top 40... Yeah, well, that's Casey Kasem, not Casey, Casey Kasem. Coleman. But sorry, uh, Casey Coleman is the is the <laughs> Cleveland radio legend, not Casey Kasem. Sorry, uh, I'm just I'm just setting the stage for what's going to be an epic better known neighborhood tonight. Ooh, yeah. Wow, he's calling a shot, folks. So. Well, anyway, um, yeah. So I, I I set you up for it, and usually you go for it. I I didn't hear you say, and you know what that means, but mm, no. <laughs> We're all out of whack. Uh, I've been I've been cooking and meal prepping all all evening. So uh, full disclosure, uh, you did not hear a beer can opening at the beginning of this episode because I forgot to go out and get a beer. Because we are doing this episode stone cold sober, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, which is what I do every time. But for Dan, it's you know a little different. Well, I mean, I only drink one or two beers every episode. I don't I don't think that that puts me under. But I didn't but, say but, drunk. Well, you said sober. What's mm-hmm. the opposite of sober? The opposite of sober is you're having a pop. It's you know? not sober. Mm. I drink one beer. I'm still sober. You're not. Mm. You're not not sober unless you're unless, unless you're, you're drunk. Is it mutually exclusive? Unless you're mm. yeah. If you have one beer, you think you're not sober. I'm learning a lot tonight. I thought sobriety meant you didn't drink at all. But when you yeah. take when you take a field sobriety test and you go and you score under .08. You are not legally drunk. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. They they pass you, meaning yes. you're sober. Yeah, so <laughs> Ohio State Highway Patrol, yes. If you are over point zero eight, you go to jail. So Yep. Yes. So anyway. Anyhow. Uh no beer this week. Uh which is okay because where we're going, you're not gonna need to drive. Okay. So, wow. You know. So maybe I should be drinking a lot tonight. Uh, I mean, that would have been appropriate, but you forgot the beer. So well, yeah, this, see, this is what this is what happens. <laughs> you can tell how much we prepare for these podcasts every week. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, Steve's got the uh, better known neighborhood. Yeah. Let's so go. like I said, we're on the boat, and oh. we've been gliding across Lake Erie for quite a while here, oh. just a few minutes anyway. Where are and we going? We are just land, just about to land on the docks of South Bass Island. Ooh. which is perhaps better known by the township that uh, occupies the island, and that township is Put-In Bay. Ah, the swim-up bars. Yes. <laughs> Put-In Bay is just this little refuge out in Lake Erie where it's just out, and you just the stresses of life don't exist. All your responsibilities, or most of them, don't exist, and you can just relax, have a great time, and, you know... Now Things, we're, we're stresses, and matter, they, they don't matter just as much as the NBA regular season. So, Yeah, I mean, we're um, talking about getting drunk. I mean, yeah. You, you pick the right one. Yeah, I mean, you just start off, you know, anywhere from the boardwalk, and you just go down the main drag. You pass Topsy Turvies and Mojito Bay and Hooligans Irish Pub and all these other spots. And, I mean, you, there's just no end to the watering holes and places where you can have a good time. So... But there's a lot more to put in bay just beside the the main drag and the there drinking. is there certainly is uh first, first of all did you know that you could actually take college courses on this island no in up to 20 different course uh categories no the ohio state university stone laboratory is on the island and they offer courses from may to september every year it is actually oddly enough it's on an island within an island's bay on the north side of Putin Bay, hmm. yeah, and it's mostly just all academic buildings there. It's it's a lot of uh, marine research, um, some zoology and uh, some oceanography and uh, you know stuff like that. Um, Ohio State University Stone Laboratory again. It's, a, it's it's like a you know Ohio State is like four or five satellite campuses. This is the one they don't really talk about. Like you know they have the one in I think it's Marion and Mansfield and the other one so they actually have this one in Putin Bay as well which is actually pretty cool. 
Just across from there is the Aquatic Visitors Center. This is on the northwest side of the island. And this is a former fish hatchery that has been repurposed basically as another educational site, but also a place where you can take the kids and they actually can fish and learn how to fish with the various baits and fishing poles and rods and um, all of that. So if you've never actually fished before, this is actually a, a good educational thing, not only for the kids, but also for you. Uh, it goes without saying that fishing is massive here uh, with all of the various boats that you'll see dotted all over the Lake Erie Islands, not just South Bass Island, but uh, anywhere from Middle Bass Island over to Kelly's Island, over to Catawba and Marblehead and uh, over towards Cedar Point. It's That whole area is known as the Lake Erie Shorts and Islands. And, uh, you know, you go out on a day like today, it was sunny today. The air quality was a little bit iffy at the start of the day, but other than that, it was a perfect day to be out. So needless to say, there were... Fishermen and boats everywhere. Two other things that you'll see all over South Bass Island and Putin Bay: golf carts. Oh yeah. And bed and breakfasts. Oh yeah. Pretty much, the, you won't find hotels there. You won't find like fancy resorts or anything. It's just mostly the you know repurposed homes that are now bed and breakfasts that you you know. Airbnbs, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Airbnbs all over the uh, the place too. Sure. The island is only about six square miles. In total, that's only about if you're looking thinking about that's only about a fourth of the size of Strongsville or North Ridgeville, or maybe about half the size of Parma Heights uh, in terms of land area. So it's pretty compact, but again, it's it's not something that's be. I mean, it has become commercialized, like from maybe from a business standpoint, but from a residential standpoint, never really went there. Yeah. It's mostly just a collection of houses. So you know, just naming off a few of the more noteworthy ones: Peace and Quiet B and B, Linda's Lodging B and B, Arbor Inn B and B. Uh, Chalet at the Bay B&B, Niagara Guest House B&B, Back Bay Condos B&B. You've got the Bayshore Resort and Commodore Resort. Now, those are actually two, like, sort of resorty properties, but, like, still not, like, what you would see in, like, if you if you, if you ever traveled out of the country, like, Dominican Republic or Mexico or something like that, it's not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. All right, not even close. Um, as you work your way to the north side of the island, this is where you come to the Perry's Victory and International Peace Monument. And this was a 352... Well, it, the whole property is run by the National Park Service, but its main centerpiece is a 352-foot monument, a Doric column. It's actually the world's tallest Doric column, which was constructed back in 1912. The reason why they constructed it in 1912 is it was the 100th anniversary of the War of 1812, hmm. where a very famous battle was fought there, the Battle of Lake Erie, uh, just off the shores of South Bass Island. And in this battle, the U.S. Navy, naval forces were led by a man named Oliver Hazard Perry. And when the U.S. Navy defeated the British Navy on this occasion, because really, really what the British were trying to do was basically try to launch an amphibious invasion of Ohio from Canada, Perry said, "No, no, is that where, not today? Is that where uh, Great Lakes get the gets the name for one of their beers called Commodore Perry?" Yes, that's what I thought. Yeah, he was Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry. Yeah, he famously said the words, "We have met the enemy, and they are ours." By the way, which was my suggestion for the Guardians uh, uh, Indians rebrand was to be the Commodores. That would have been a good choice. Would have been fantastic. Yeah, the Cleveland Commodores. I mean, you other, would, you other, had you would have had the uh, I mean, other, alliteration. The CC. other than the fa- other than the fact that for short they probably would have called it the commies, but that's CC, that's, CC, CC. that's neither here nor there. No, we don't need to talk about that. But um, yeah, so if you go there, literally, you can go up to the observation deck. Costs like ten bucks, and you can go up there three hundred fifty feet high. You can imagine from three hundred fifty feet high, you could darn near see all the way to Cleveland from yeah. that height, all the way to Toledo the other way. Although I don't know why you want to look that way, yeah. and you can look into no, all the way into don't. Canada as well. So it, it's <laughs> oh Canada, In, our home and native land. It's only about five miles to Middle Island from South Bass Island. That is the well, not to be confused with Middle Bass Island. Middle Island is just south of Pelee Island, which is the southernmost point of Canada. Where's Kelly's Island? Kelly's Island is just a little further southeast, which is a U.S territory obviously yeah. we've been to there I re- yeah i remember walking the perimeter of kelly's island we uh, 
what, what grade was that? That what, was in eighth we grade. We eighth were, grade, that's right. We were wearing our Outlaws shirts and everything. <coughs> that's right. We walked about eight miles that day. The Mighty Outlaws. Okay, never mind. We're not going to say We are the Outlaws. Oh, that was a different one. That was Roman, rambling, rumbling. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Anyhow. Yeah, the glacial grooves of yes. Kelly's Island. There are actually glacial, glacial grooves on Putin Bay and South Bass Island as well. Yeah. Pretty much all. I mean, not as not to the extent that you would see on Kelly's Island, but I mean, I figured it. it I figured if too. it carved its way through Kelly's Island, it probably did the same thing with Putin Bay. Yeah, the northern termi well, the southern terminus of the the glaciers was pretty much right around the Akron Ashland. Uh, what a fun Kent word, area. terminus. Yeah, and it, you know, down in the in the uh, western part of the state, they actually penetrated a little further just because of the yeah. Appalachians. Um, Coming across the eastern half of Ohio, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, one place I do want to point out, uh, maybe is it a swim up best, bar? Uh, it's not a swim up bar actually. It's a <laughs> fine dining five star restaurant called really? Goat Soup and Whiskey. Wait, what? I know it sounds weird, totally, but bear with me. This place is it's called Goat Soup and Whiskey. So literally, it's drinking. It's Serpent turf, it's soup, and they have incredible seafood and incredible land fare as well. Uh, the the comments here, it's 4.6 star rated on Google, and the reviews mention great dishes, anything from shrimp to uh, lobster bisque to pork chops to filet mignon, and they're all like five stars for Violet each one of So normally, like, you'll find restaurants that are good at one or two of those, but not yeah. good at the others. Apparently, this place is amazing at all of them. They're open from May to September, uh, 820 Catawba Avenue in Putin bay and it is right literally just the next block away where you're talking about swim-up bars. Imagine, I mean, I know it's Putin bay so, you know, they, they nobody goes to Putin bay in the non-summer months, but imagine being a restaurant and only being open between May and September. Yeah, and you'd figure that, they're busy pretty much all the time. Yeah. But like still period. like how it's it's weird like do they make enough money in that 4 month 5 month period to 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 you know be closed the rest of the time? I don't They must. You'd think either that or that the whoever owns it has other businesses maybe in uh inland Ohio that they that they use to supplement. That's what you would think that they would have something and maybe like the same person who owns this restaurant also owns like Boston Mills Brandywine or something like something that's going on in the opposite side of the year that that would be noteworthy or or maybe they're like semi-retired and they, they don't care mm. at, at that point but uh and you seem to be talking a lot about swim up bars so I'm going to mention some of them here you've got the <laughs> blue marlin tiki bar and grill you've got the sand bar you've got the mist pool bar put in bay uh, these are all like between four and four point four star rated, um, well, except for Mister Ed's Bar and Grill, which is only three point seven. I don't know why. Uh, maybe, maybe Mister Ed isn't uh, pulling his weight these days. But uh, these these are all you know complexes where you've got pools, you've got lots of lounge chairs, you've got uh, you can just like you say, just just go right up to the you know little bar that's right up against the pool, grab any drink you want, pretty much. And uh, it's not all inclusive like Mexico, but it's almost. But anyway, have I given you enough to go on here? If you've never been to South Bass Island or to really to any of the Lake Erie Shore and Islands, I do think that it's kind of a it's a real gem for our region. Gosh. And it's, I know it's a place worth checking out, especially it's summertime. It's July, August, even September. You know, I'm a big proponent of September. I think September's got some of the best weather we have all year. So, next two and a half Absolutely. months, September. Yeah. I would even. I mean, I would even say October too. Th yeah, really. Like, unless if it rains, October is you know, fantastic. And, and because generally, we, se September is still a very hot month here. Yes. October way, is when you start getting getting into the, the you know the upper 60s. The you know, if you're a if you're a fall baby and you love that sort of stuff, October is your time. There have been Guardians playoff games in the last decade where it has been 80 degrees at first pitch <coughs> in October. There's also been Guardians games in October where it's been 40 degrees. Eh, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, if you're going years back, sure. I don't recall any recently. Or but, maybe, uh, or, or I mean, maybe maybe low 50s with rain. 
Now it feels that's like that's the kicker. If if it rains, you that's where you kind of get screwed. But yeah. it, like you said, and the other thing, the factor the factor to consider here is that in September and October, lake water temperature is still warm. Yeah. So even if it's cold inland, you're going to be warmer when yep. you're on the islands. Oh yeah. The reverse is true in the spring, which is why I would not necessarily advocate going there in April or May. But uh, no, you know some people do. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's just not my thing. <laughs> But yeah. anyhow, that is putting Bay to the South Bass Island, and you can wham it with the right hand. Nice. Sweet. Awesome. That was a good one. Yeah. I, uh, boy, I haven't been to Putin Bay in a long time. I've never been there. No? Yeah, sad. I've been to Kelly's Island, but I've not been to well, South Bass I mean, Island. I don't know that's necessarily sad. I mean, Putin Bay, you mentioned a lot of the, like, really cool, like, non-party aspects of it. I mean, in the summertime, it's just overrun by people just partying. That's all it is. It makes me feel like if you're not a partier, that like September and October might be the best time to go. Maybe just off peak season, or or, somewhat nice. Or or, yeah, I mean, you said you said not to go in May, but maybe May before Labor Day. I feel like Labor Day is like the official kickoff of Putin Bay season. You know, the holiday weekend, everybody goes up there. Um, I think you meant to say Memorial Day. Memorial Day. What did I say? Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day is like almost like the end. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Memorial Day. Yeah, sorry. Well, anyway, so that yeah, that's uh, that's better known neighborhood. Uh, how many is that for us on better known neighborhood? Oh man, I'd have to I'd have to go back and count, but I'm guessing somewhere between sixty and seventy. Yeah, you gotta you're you're starting to have to do some research now to to find places that you haven't covered. You know, I, I probably could have just winged it on this one, but I did do a bunch of research on that. No, just, that was that was cool. Yeah. That was good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Uh, well, anyway, uh, as we move right along here, uh, let's talk about the week that was with the Guardians. Uh, obviously, last week's episode was baseball-centric, baseball-heavy, uh, and we thank and appreciate Jordan and Ryan, uh, Ryan Brown, not Donathan, Ryan Brown for coming on and uh, talking some ball, talking some baseball at the All-Star break. And as we came out of the All-Star break, the Guardians just laid a giant poop sandwich by going down to Dallas or Arlington slash Dallas, Texas, and getting swept by the friggin' Rangers, and on Sunday doing it in grand fashion, blowing a five to two lead in the eighth inning. They really made me look dumb for saying that the Rangers would collapse in the second half of the season. They come out and they yeah. sweep the Guardians the first series. I was I think, not expecting that. I think the guard. I, I think the Rangers won yesterday too, so they're four. They're four in a row. <laughs> out of the game, so yeah, I Dunst, mean, there's still a ways to go. But dunce cap for you on that one. Yeah, um, nah, hold your horses. I mean, there's still time, but not. I agree, good. But, but you said coming out of the break. I did. So we'll see, you still might be proven right on that. Yeah, we'll uh, see in September. Sure. The good news is is that the Guardians then got to go to Pittsburgh, which you, know, you wouldn't think would be a good thing, but in this case, it really was because the Guardians pounded the Pirates 11-0 yesterday. And they're pounding and they're them right now. 10-1 in the ninth Josh Na- Yeah, Josh Naylor just hit his second home run of the night. <laughs> so um, perhaps that was the magic elixir for the Guardians. They're about to win this game, and uh, the finale of the series is tomorrow at 12.35. Yeah, well, we have we scored 11 runs last night, 10 runs tonight. We're going to get shut out tomorrow. <laughs> you just know it's coming. You just know it. So, well, at least by that point, we are, we'd already have this, the series won. So. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mentioned Josh Naylor. I'll say this. It sucked that he got snubbed from the All-Star break, but I think that the Guardians organization and Guardians fans are going to be served very well from that because I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be insanely motivated the rest of the year is Josh Naylor. He yeah. fully deserved to make the All-Star the All-Star teams. Batting over 300, he's hit he's he's, you know, especially for a team like the Guardians who hit no home runs. He had double-digit home runs. I think he had 13 at the break. Uh, you know, He's he's been our offensive catalyst this season because you you look up and down the lineup, outside of Jose and Josh Naylor, it's been a bunch of guys that have had disappointing first half of the seasons. I can't name another guy in the everyday lineup. Maybe Will Brennan, but Will Brennan has no track record to go off of, so he's just uh, a rookie who's who's surprising. But Quan, worse than last year. Jimenez, worse than last year. Rosario, worse than last year. Uh, don't even get me started on the catching position. Boy, was that a swing and a miss. <laughs> Josh Bell, 
You know, the Guardians spent $25 million on two guys to come in and hit home runs, and neither of them are doing it. One is not even on the team anymore. And Josh Bell, I guess he hit one tonight. He had a bomb tonight. But we, we signed Josh Bell for $18 million a year to hit 30 to 35 home runs. He has like eight. Yeah. Eight. 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 I think tonight he hit his ninth. So it's been a disappointing season, obviously. You know, we've, we lamented at the beginning of the year with the Guardians offense. They kind of woke up a little bit as we as the, we got into June and the weather got better. But the uh, And we were feeling good at the All-Star break. We were, we were 500, 500 which, which the way that the beginning of the season uh, started was, is a feat. We were in first place. I think we were, we were a game or two off of last year's pace uh, before they got hot in the second half, which happens all the time with Tito. Uh, Tito Francona's teams. And what do we do coming out of the All-Star break? We lay a big, fat egg in Texas. Well, if I remember correctly, this, like, third week of July, like, coming out of the All-Star break was not good for the Guardians a year ago either. I can't remember. Yeah. Because they they played Detroit and they got swept, if I recall. Here's the thing. really bizarre. Here's the thing I'm finding out about this Guardians team and why we're going to be in it till the end because I truly believe that the winner of this division is going to have like 84 to 86 wins full disclosure minnesota got to play the woeful athletics coming out of the break they won three games out of four in that series to great. retake the lead great but they um, then got the well actually excuse me they it was a three-game series they swept that the a's which makes sense <laughs> they then went to seattle they lost to the mariners yesterday good so perhaps order will be restored in a few days time but anyway like i was saying the Guardians seem like a team this year that if they're if they're playing a bad team, they're going to beat up on the bad team. If they're playing a good team, me no likey when we play good teams. Yeah, see, that was my one concern last week because Minnesota's schedule is easier than the Guardians is the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, we kind of dismissed that as a, well, the Guardians always play well in August and September. And that very well could play out. I yeah. fully expect it to. It's just, you know... Playing a first place team on the road, maybe they're just not ready for that yet. You know, that showed when they went to Arlington and got swept. So, but I'll tell you what. Like I said, the bats have put up twenty one runs the last two games. Now, this 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 next game, you're right, is going to be a gut check kind of game for the Guardians because the way they've been going, this is the game where they would lose like two nothing or something yeah. like that. If they're able to avoid that and get the sweep tomorrow. You know, that would be a real positive step in the right direction. Agreed. Who do we have after Pittsburgh? It's a Pennsylvania two-step for the Guardians right now. They play the Phillies. Ah, the fighting Phils. The Phillies come to Progressive Field for a weekend series. Ah, very nice. Is, uh, is, uh... I gotta believe that... Is Philly fan gonna be there? Philly fan has tickets to this. I I would have to believe, at least to one of the games. He more typically, oddly enough, he more typically goes to weekday games than he does week that weekend but yeah. uh i think he's gonna make an exception in this case yeah for sure yeah friday and saturday home games at seven ten, and uh sunday at one forty. a sunday matinee yeah. interesting pretty one- much unless you're on sunday night baseball you're always playing 140 140 is a weird time yeah I don't, I don't know why it's starting half an hour late but huh it is interesting well, anyway, so the Guardians find them if if they're able to win tomorrow, they basically find themselves in the exact same place they did at the All Star break. Uh, from a record, well, record record standpoint, yes. Uh, it depends on what the Twins do tonight and then tomorrow, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this is what it's going to be. The Guardians basically. have a five hundred record. Yeah, this is basically what it's going to be the rest of the season. I'm I hunting webbits. <laughs> I had I had to think for a second. Yeah, <laughs> Elmer Fudd, got it. Great. That's what I've been reduced to on this episode tonight. Is is Elmer Fudd? My brain is just not working. Anyway, no, no. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean that's pretty much where we're gonna be uh, with this with this uh, team. The, the other uh, big piece of news, obviously, uh, Shane Bieber uh, with some elbow discomfort uh, got an MRI. He's going to be shelved for two weeks. They said he does not need surgery, which obviously surgery would end his season. Thank um, goodness, because if they were going to trade him, they wouldn't be able to trade him. Then. Oh, I don't think they're going to be able to trade him now at the trade deadline anyway. Mm, no? Really? No. 
Because uh, he's got elbow elbow discomfort. Well, or? he's not going to pitch for the next two weeks, so that puts no that team puts you, probably wouldn't even have him until then anyway. Unless right, they trade that, him now. But that puts you right up against the All Star break or not the All Star. Good lord, I my brain is dead. <laughs> I am like mush. I'm, my brain is mashed potatoes right now. Good grief. Um, I, I mean, you really don't think any team? I you know I don't. Know. I don't think so. I, I think I think any team would wait until the off season to see him more healthy. Wow. Hmm. And at that point, I mean, really, what are you going to get? I mean, you might at that point you might as well just ride it out with him. What are you going to get with him? It almost makes you think the team should have just not said anything. I don't know. If, I don't know how that works. Like, what do you mean not said anything? You so know, like if he oh, doesn't, had, oh, he had to have an MRI and blah, blah blah. I mean, I don't know what information the team is like forced to release and what they're not. Well, yeah. I mean, if he wasn't pitching, teams were going to. Mm. I mean, what, what? You really think a team is not is going to trade for him, he, not knowing I mean, what's wrong with him? Four or five games since the break, would, you know, has he already? Well, I mean, I guess the first game out would have been his first scheduled start. So, I but guess that no team's going to no team's going to trade for him if they don't know what if they don't know. I'm just what's saying, wrong with pitchers only play every fifth day, so like if it's only been five days, like. You know, would they even, until he gets to his next scheduled start, would anybody even know that there's a problem? Okay, but if you're a team trading for Shane Bieber, are you not going to ask for his medical records, whether he's healthy or not? You're not going to ask? Be like, hey. No, I'm sure they will. Yeah, so that really doesn't matter. I mean, unless you're a complete moron of a team and you're just like, yeah, I'll take Shane Bieber. I don't care. Oh, it's medicals? Nah, I don't care. Doesn't matter. No, I just feel like somebody out there wouldn't be bothered by elbow discomfort as opposed to like something serious. But maybe it's a pitcher, who, Steve. Who elbow discomfort oh. in your pitching arm is incredibly serious. I mean, they they were going to call it something like tendonitis or you know something more like that. That'd be. I mean, imagine if you're a soccer player. Imagine a soccer player who runs for an entire ninety minutes. Uh, is not playing because he has knee discomfort. You don't think that's going to be concerning for a team that would try and buy him? It'd be incredibly concerning. It's a little bit of a different scenario because their season is they're in off season right now, while best baseball is in the middle of the season now. Okay, I'm so. not, but I'm not talking like I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about at any time. Like if you're in the middle of a soccer season and say it's the January transfer window and you're looking to buy, uh, let's say, a uh, right winger. And there's a guy that you really like, and he's not playing because of knee discomfort. They're not going to buy him. That seems very fickle to me because you're you're not buying a guy for now. If Bieber only has like if he only had like two months left on his contract, that'd be one thing. But it's a more long term investment than that. But the point of trading for him at the trade deadline this year is for the playoff run this year. And then next year, and the postseason. If you're obviously. not, if you, that's what I mean. Like it's it's for the playoff run in the regular season, then the playoffs this year, and then yeah, you got the extra year. But if 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 you're trading for him, and you think and know he's hurt and he's not going to help you much this season, no. Okay, now see, here's where we're we're having a problem. You're drawing the fact that he has elbow discomfort right now and is out for two weeks as he's not going to help you much this season. I think that's a very big leap to make. You're you're basically saying okay, so he's not he's still not going to be fine in August or September or October. I There's, don't think he's hurt that badly. I mean, you don't know. Trist, no, seems- Tristan McKenzie started the season on the 15 day DL. He's pitched one time this year. Well, they obviously didn't prognosticate his situation very well. Right. <laughs> okay. So you're saying Shane Bieber's in the same situation as Tristan McKenzie? No, but I'm saying that there's a chance, and if you're a team that doesn't currently have him, exactly. and you're trading for him, and you know he's not healthy, you're not going to trade for him. I I'm know. sorry. I don't know. I think I would, because if any, if it's to the point where others are like weirded out about the situation, so they're not, they're not making you know competitive offers. You might be able to get him on the cheap, and he might be healthy by September, and he might really help you in the end. You know, maybe I've got a way more optimistic that's, viewpoint that's, of this that's than an, you do, that's but an, that's an like, absurd risk to take. Because the way it's sounding, you think he might be really hurt bad, and if that's the case, Guardians aren't winning the division, probably. 
Oh, we're looking at it from another angle. I, I, I don't think so. Uh, this this division is is that terrible that the Guardians could still win this division. Even if Bieber doesn't pitch the rest of the season, Bieber hasn't been pitching well for the last month. And I'm assuming this he's is going one... to pitch well in the last two months. Okay, but Bieber, when he was pitching well this season, we weren't we playing weren't winning because well. they weren't hitting. And he's been bad. If you go look at his, he has like an over five ERA over the last like six weeks that he pitched. And that's when the Guardians got back into it. So I don't think Shane Bieber, at this point in his career, listen, if you were to talk about Shane Bieber three years ago when he was winning the Cy Young, I don't think he's the same pitcher as he was three years ago. If you're talking about that Shane Bieber, yes, of course. I'm ringing the alarm bells, and I think the season's probably over if he's hurt and he's not going to do much in the second half of the season. This isn't the same Shane Bieber. His velocity is down. His velocity has been down. He has not been the same pitcher. And... Now he's hurt. And elbow discomfort could mean a ton of things. It could be like you say. He's going to come back in two weeks and two weeks, three weeks, and be fine and be, you know, good Shane Bieber. It could also mean that he comes back and the inflammation hasn't gone down and they put him on a longer, uh, the longer injury list and he basically doesn't pitch the rest of the year. This is my thing: is you don't know. You're not gonna you're not gonna trade for something that you don't know. I think you have to make an offer based on it's like game theory or probability. You know, are you gonna give up the prospects or whatever that you would have given up if you known he was completely healthy? No, but okay, but you, the, could, you could still take a flyer on him, and it could still really, really work out great. Okay, well, so. l- let me let me put the shoe on the other foot. Let's say okay, he's injured, and the Guardians are still, uh, the Guardians are still taking calls on him, and nobody's offering anything. The Guardians can just say, okay, we're just not going to trade him. That's right, and they'd be well within their right to do that. That's what they should do. Yeah. So, but I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think it's, I think it's crazy to even think about trading and giving up, giving up anything for a pitcher who's not pitching right now and expecting anything from him when he comes back. So, but anyway, that's where we sit right now with Shane Bieber. Uh, the Guardians, boy, I'll tell you what, you brought up a good point about Bieber not being healthy. Do the Guardians really have a chance of winning the division? I would say if we were in any other division, I would say no. Uh, I just, I, you know. We're within a game of first place, and we haven't had Tristan McKenzie all year. Now we don't have Shane Beaver. Savali's been out. Uh, who else? Quantrill's been out, and when he's been in, he's been terrible. So it's like four out of the original starting five in our starting rotation we broke camp either hasn't been there or has sucked. And because of the division we're in, we're still a game within a game of first place. Yeah, so, it'll be a game here shortly if that game hasn't gone final already. What I, what I'm kind, of, what I'm getting at is these young pups that we've been bringing up and pitching have done a hell of a job this year. It's been unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it with uh, the Guardians for the week that was. Um, we'll see what happens as we get into the series with the Phillies this weekend. But uh, yeah. Moving right along here, when is the parade? The parade for what? We're the champs. The champs of what? The Cleveland Cavaliers are the 2023 Summer League champs. Oh, wow. Champs. You don't even know that. No. No, I didn't watch one minute of NBA Summer League. I didn't either, but at least I saw <laughs> at least I saw that. Oh man. You know, and everybody's losing their mind over Imani Bates and you know, because he played really well and I everybody's like, Oh, you might be listen, I'm gonna let's stop this right here, right now. If Imani Bates is playing more than four minutes a night, we're in bad shape as as a Cavs basketball team this season. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. 
I mean, everybody's losing their mind because he's like because he's a former high school player of the year. Uh, he was the number one recruit out of high school, uh, but then he didn't do anything in uh, in college, so he fell to the second round. Everybody's like, "Oh, we got a talent on our hands." Get that! Stop! 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 Nothing that you see in NBA summer league can be translated to the NBA. These guys are playing against other guys who are not going to be playing in the NBA this year. The rookies that played, the high draft pick rookies that played, they played one or two games and then they got shut down. So this, these these people who are talking about, oh, Sam Merrill and uh, uh, who's the other guy? Some other guy we drafted in the second round. I can't even remember his name. But, uh, and, and Imani Bates. These guys are not playing for the Cavs this year. And if they are, you're not watching the Cavs this year because they're bad. Probably a couple guys got hurt. And they're not living up to expectations. So that's what I have to say about the Summer League. The fact that these guys get rings for winning the Summer League also is hilarious. (laughs) There was a trophy presentation on the court like it was the NBA Finals. Well, if they want to give a trophy, that's one thing. But like, rings? these guys got Come rings. Come on, rings, Steve, rings. Unbelievable. Come on, come in. Yeah, so it's just absolutely crazy. Look, they even they, the Cavs even put it on their put it on their Twitter account. SL for summer league. I was. I was just going to ask, what does that self stand for? I guess I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, no, they're dumb. I love. I, d- I did love this. Uh, the Cavs putting the the W ball on the uh, on the Vegas uh, LED dome. Oh, that is funny. That the uh, ball shaped thing that's near the Vegas Strip that I don't know costs like a billion dollars to build. I don't even know what it's for. I don't either. <laughs> it's like a giant ball that like a fortune teller might have. Oh, my God. Listen, I'm sorry. I know, not to switch topics here real quick, I know that you're a Newcastle fan, but what they are doing to my boy, listen to this. You're talking about Tonali. Yeah, listen to this chant that these Newcastle fans are starting after their game today. Sandro Tonali. Sandro Tonali, he eats spaghetti, he drinks Moretti, he fucking hates Sunderland. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love this. Tonali, after hearing this. Uh, he's not impressed. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, to... to the guy to, does look pretty miserable in the northeast of England, not going to lie. Listen, I, he, goes, he goes from living in the fashion capital of the world to gray skies and shit food. A place that also has pretty decent nightlife, I will say, but I've never, you've been to Newcastle. I've never been to Newcastle. Mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, I mean, this is where Jordy, well, Newcastle and Sunderland is where Jordy Shore is filmed, which is basically the British version of Jersey Shore. But, uh, (laughs) no, no, I mean, wait, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's serious. I thought you were kidding. No. no Jordy Shore? Jordy Shore, that's what they call it. What is this, like on YouTube or something? What is it on TV? That's... I'm going to have to look this up. Wow. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, anyway, his former club, my club, looks like they're on the verge of signing another American, Eunice Musa, the USMNT midfielder currently playing for Valencia. Looks like he is on his way to Milan. Could be finalized as early as tomorrow, um, today, if you're listening to this. So uh, AC Milan, as we've already talked about, signed Christian Pulisic. Captain America uh, will be uh, scoring goals in Milano uh, starting in August. Milan killing two birds with one stone here. They needed to do a lot of work on their midfield, and they're building their brand in the U.S. in the process. That's what they're doing. They want to have him signed before they leave on Friday for their summer tour in, in the U.S. So, Where are they uh, going on that tour? So what's interesting, they're playing Real Madrid at the Rose Bowl. Oh, man. That game is sold out. The Rose Bowl is sold out for an exhibition game yeah. between AC Milan That's and 92, Real Madrid. That's 92,000, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, so they're playing there. They're also playing at the Death Star in Vegas. 
That makes sense. And then they're playing, I believe they're playing a game, I think, at the San Diego MLS Stadium. Oh, Snapdragon Stadium? Something like that. I, I, I don't yeah. know if it's that one or if it's something else. For the, the um, San Diego State Aztecs football yeah. and the uh, San Diego Wave of the NWS. So they're playing, play. they're playing uh, Real Madrid. They're playing Juventus, which is interesting. And mm. I think they're playing Barcelona. Interesting that they're playing all these games out west. Like far away yeah. from Europe. Well, they're flying. They're flying into Ve- uh, L.A. Uh, Friday. I, I mean, guess. they do have non stops from Milan to L.A. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Well. Well. <laughs> well. They're probably chartering a plane. Oh. Um. So. Twelve hour flight. I'm trying to find the actual. Uh, trying to find. Sorry. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. I would hate to be on a plane for that long. The longest I've ever been on a plane is seven hours. That was like two hours or three hours too long. Uh, where is it? Well, I can't find it. But anyway, uh, I believe that's I believe that's who they're playing. I think they're playing Real Madrid, Barcelona, and uh, Juve out there. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. Should be interesting. Uh, I wish they were playing close to here. Uh, the closest they ever played to Cleveland was Pittsburgh. I was actually at that game. They played Manchester City. That was in 2015, I believe. Um, so they haven't been back, I don't think, anywhere close since then. I think they went to Florida. I think they toured Florida one year, and then now they're going uh, out west to California. So uh, the, I, I'm expecting with, with the new American ownership that this to be a uh, a yearly occurrence, them doing a, a summer tour of the, of the U.S. But, but anyway, uh, that's a lot of soccer uh, for our <laughs> mostly non-soccer uh Listeners. Well, before we shift away from soccer, I would be amiss not to mention the fact that the FIFA Women's World Cup ah, gets started yes. on Thursday down US in U.S. going for a three-peat, New correct? Zealand and Australia. And yes, they are going for a three-peat, having won Canada 2015 and France 2019. Uh, the USWNT is going for a three-peat, which has never been done. Germany actually did go back-to-back in 03 and 07. This would do something that has not been... I don't believe that that's ever been done on the men's side either. Hmm. Three, three straight World Cup wins. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brazil went back-to-back, I think, in the 70s, and... Yes. Nobody recently has gone back-to-back. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. It's not easy to do. So, Fran- France almost... France tried to go... Very nearly did this year. France, yeah. And they tried to go every other from 98 to 06, but uh, <clears throat> we all know what happened then. Italy said, no. Nah. Marco Materazzi it, it, took one in the chest. Italy and, said, no, no. No, no. So this is the first Women's World Cup that will have 32 teams. It's also the first one that will happen in two countries, Australia and New Zealand. And interesting, here, here's an interesting tidbit. There are six, count them, six CONCACAF teams in the tournament. Wow. And they are Canada, Costa Rica, Haiti, Jamaica, Panama, the United States. There are six teams in there, and Mexico didn't qualify. Haiti? Yeah, Haiti wow. qualified. And so did Jamaica and good Panama. For the, good for the Haitians, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Haiti and Panama are actually making their debut in this tournament. In fact, Philippines, Vietnam, Morocco, Zambia, uh, Portugal, and Republic of Ireland are also making their debuts in this tournament. So it's, I'm assuming we're the heavy favorite once again. Uh, the United States is ranked first overall. So what, yeah, Austin, we are. I think Eng- England has a really good team. Uh, Germany is ranked second, but England is ranked fourth, and they are the defending European champions. So we're, we're the Italians. Uh, Italy is ranked 16th according to FIFA. So. Perhaps a rank outsider, but you know, you, you never know. I mean, they, I think they made the quarterfinals last time around, so they could. You never know with those feisty pasta lovers. You know, if you look at the UEFA: Denmark, England, France, Germany, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, Ireland, Spain, Sweden, and Switzerland were the twelve teams that made it out no. of Europe. Switzerland's never going to win anything; they're too neutral. Yeah, Switzerland is ranked twentieth. Yeah, they're they're pretty much just like they are on the men's side. They're just another team. They might make the knockout, but if they do, then they're probably out in the. Round of 16. Yeah. They got all the cash. Yeah, right. Well, that was all their banks failing. <laughs> they did have a bank failure this past year. Yeah, like their biggest one, basically, or second biggest one. Now, to say nothing of California, which caused my key bank stock to tank back in the spring. <sighs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. 
I'm still waiting to see if I'm going to get my Bitcoin money back. Oh. Those a-holes at BlockFi decided to leverage all their money with FTX. And when FTX went under, they went under too. Oh, shoot. I didn't realize. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had all my crypto in BlockFi. But anyway. Oh, great. So that's 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 locked and that's frozen until they can figure out their bankruptcy uh, case. Mm. Anyway, um, how do we get on topics like this? I don't know this podcast. You know, it's, know. it's just crazy. We still got to talk about a helmet color coming up. Yeah, so. why don't we talk about that? Let's talk about it. Uh, the the Browns. <laughs> well, first of all, according to the Bengals, the Browns are copying off of them. Yeah. What? Go. <laughs> Bengal fan, litter. Okay, Bengal fans weren't Bengal fans three years ago. They don't know anything about their own team's history. They don't understand. They certainly don't understand any history beyond Chad Johnson and T.J. Hushmanzada. They they don't understand that the only reason why they are in existence is because Art Modell is an a hole. Because and he fired Paul Brown, Paul Brown and Paul yeah. Brown went to Cincinnati and started the, the Cincinnati Bengals. So if it wasn't for the Browns, you guys wouldn't even be in existence. Not to mention that the white helmet was actually the Browns' original helmet color back when you guys were back when they were in the AAFC. Back, when you guys when you guys weren't even a twinkle in Paul Brown's eye. So I don't want to hear. Oh, they copied off of us just because it came a, a year after. Not to mention the fact that ours are better anyway. Yeah, you're referring to their color rush jerseys, which are not color rush at all. They're just all they're white. white. They're white with, and black, with and then, black and their helmet is white with the with the Bengal stripes on it. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, the uh, the Browns released a white helmet today, in partnership with Dude Wipes. I don't know if you saw the 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 video that they put no, out. No, I didn't see that, but that sounds interesting. So, uh, they put out a video teasing it yesterday. And it was one of the equipment managers in the equipment room in the Browns training facility. And uh, some guy just walks by and he just tosses him a pack of dude wipes. That guy looks at it. He's like, oh. So he takes one out. He starts wiping down everything in the equipment room, you know, dusting everything, wiping everything down. And uh, he spills coffee on his on his uh, shorts. He uses a dude wipe <laughs> to wipe that up. And uh, then he's like, oh, maybe I can wipe down the helmets with these. So he's he's wiping down the helmet, wiping down the helmet. And then takes his hand off, and he's got the white, and it's the the dude wipe is just caked in orange paint, nah. basically because he rubbed the orange paint off, and that's yeah. that's how they got the white helmet. That's cheeky. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a good ad. I think I think it was a good uh, whoever came up with that uh, marketing campaign uh, on the brown side, uh, in partnership with Dude Wipes. Gold so star did a good job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Browns are going to wear a white helmet. It's it's a white helmet. Brown face mask with a orange stripe down the middle and the same two brown stripes as they're on the regular helmet. So they essentially just swapped the white stripe with the orange on the helmet. So the stripe, which was white, is now orange. The helmet, which was orange, is now white. I think this, and they and they obviously they showed the entire uniform look with the. Uh, with the white jersey, which was the Browns' uh, 75th anniversary, uh, what do you call it? Um, commemorative, yeah, commemorative jersey. jersey that they that they wore a couple years ago. Yeah, and the white pants, white everything, all white. Basically, as we like to call our days at BG, the stormtrooper look. Yes, Bowling Green has uh, used that look, and we've seen it a number of times. They also have brown and orange in their color scheme, so we are very accustomed to that look, and we both. Give that look two thumbs up. Seems like most of the time BG is, you know, September early in the season, knocking off some team from the little ten or whoever, and it's like they've they've done. It seems like half the years that we've been following the program, it seems like they're wearing the stormtrooper look most of the time. They do it. So. Yeah. So um, the Browns will be wearing this uh, helmet three times this year. They will be wearing it. What I think might be the the jersey game of the year which will be Monday Night Football Week 2 at Heinz Field against Pittsburgh. Black <clears throat> versus... Stadium. Oh, my bad. Whatever they're calling it. Yeah. Those those freaks. Uh, black versus white. All bl- I'm hoping that the Steelers wear their all blacks, even yes. black pants. 
black versus white, good ver- evil versus good, and we just go in there. In evil's just, house. Just like we did in the playoffs in January of 2021 and just smash them and leave with a W. Oh, that would be fantastic. Oh, man. That's the only Browns road game before. We'll be 2 like, and 0 at that six. point. Oh, you think so? See, I'm like really conflicted on week one this year because I always say we're not going to win week one. Yeah, There's I know. no way we can win week one. We just don't do it. Yep. We're playing Cincinnati. And we pretty much have Cincinnati's number aside from like what? One or two games out of the last five years. So, yep. I mean. Yep. We're going to, the Browns are going to start 2 and 0, ladies and gentlemen. If they do start 2-0, and it's hard to imagine this not being a good season in the end. Oh, sure. Because not only is that – I mean, not only is that 2-0. and That's 2-0 and in the division. That's a big – with a road win in Pittsburgh. Yeah. That's a big deal. That's 2-0 and in the division with the road game against Pittsburgh already already, uh, already done and dusted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we both agree that the Browns have to start – I know I think the Browns have to start 3-1. and one. I don't know about you. That would be potentially 3-0 and oh in the division if, if the lone loss is to Tennessee. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a bizarre schedule because you've got three division games, like, right up front. Three of the, the first, first four. four weeks. We play, yeah, we play each team in the division once to start the uh, first you quarter. You find out very quickly where you stand. Yeah. You know, and, and in a truth serum kind of year for Kevin Stefanski – I mean, you. It's almost like the narrative is going to be written in the first four weeks, and, oh, and normally, one hundred percent, you don't give up or say, "Yeah, we've made it," a quarter of the way through the season. But that's kind of like where we're going to be, especially in our, you know, in the moment kind of society, you know, instant gratification society that we're in now. Like yep. it's just you know everything happens in the moment, and there's no waiting. It's just yeah, you got to put up results right away. If you don't, well, it's going to be a dead-legged dawdle until probably a firing at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, his job is on the line in the first month of the season. He might not get fired after the first month of the season, but more than likely, if the Browns start 1-3, they're they're not making the playoffs. That's hard to come back from. Especially... And, if they, and if they don't make the playoffs, Kevin Stefanski's not coming back next year. He has to make the playoffs to keep his job, in my opinion. Yeah, it's pass-fail. It really is. Yeah, I mean... He has not gotten an extension, to my knowledge. The extension for him comes after this season if it's a success and the Browns go to the playoffs. His contract's not up after this season, is it? No, I think he has one more year after this okay. year. I think, well, I least, think it was a five-year deal. Well, at least Haslam's being smart and he's not leaving like three, five years left on a contract and fired a coach. I mean, unless, <laughs> it, is, unless it is up at the end of this year, we just don't know. Cause coaches, That's pretty rare. Coaches' contracts are generally four to five years, so he's entering year four. So it's either this year or next year. So I don't know. You don't see coaches hit free agency hard and, uh, ever. And also, you would think you would also you would think to take the head coaching job at the Browns, you'd have to get that fifth year. <laughs> what amplifies this even more is that the Browns have after those first four games, the Browns have a bye in week five. Yep. So if you do start one and three, you have to brood on that for two weeks. Or if you start 4-0, well, now that might not be so good because you'd want to play in week five if you're 4-0. That'd be an right. inconvenient time for the bye. Yeah, but, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll rue that bye if, uh, if we're 4-0. But uh, what, do you, what do you think of the white helmet? I think the white helmet's great. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I think it's great knowing that they're only going to wear it a few times. I don't think I would like it if they were wearing it every week because that would mean that they would have to wear it on the brown jersey, and I don't think that would look yeah, good. Yeah, that, that doesn't look as good. No. BG never wears the white helmet with the brown jersey. No. I don't think it would look good. In fact, I don't – yeah. So I don't even think it would look good with the orange jersey for the simple fact that we don't have a logo on our helmet. So it's just a white helmet. I think the white is only good and accentuated where if, you wear, if you're going to wear a white helmet, you wear all white. So, aside aside from a color like navy blue, like Penn State, that's like the only color where a white helmet looks good. Yeah, or or I guess black, but nobody. I don't think anybody goes just straight white and black. <laughs> no, um, but we have we we could possibly go white on brown. I just don't nah, think it would look I, good. I don't know about that. 
But uh, in all seriousness, out of the full color looks, Stormtrooper versus Pumpkin versus Poop, wh- which one do you like best? <laughs> Probably Stormtrooper, if I had to be honest. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we're, ne- well, we're never going to see the Browns wear full poop because they don't have a brown yeah, helmet. brown helmet. And I don't think yeah. they'll ever wear a brown they'll helmet. They'll go Pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they ever. I don't think they have. Because even when they had orange jerseys, yeah, they, they always they wore white. Wear... They wore white white pants or brown pants. Yeah. They never wore all orange. That that would be very redundant with orange. Yeah. <laughs> orange all the I know BG's done it a few times. But they haven't really done their, it. In their case, orange is the primary color, whereas with the browns, brown is. Yeah. But small nuance. But. I don't I don't think I don't think I don't remember seeing BG do it since like the Omar Jacobs years. It's been a while. The all orange. Um Yeah, even in the Dave Clawson era, they didn't do that. No. Not the, not really. I mean, they do Stormtrooper, but not the other two. Yeah, uh, you saw a couple times where where they did orange, brown, orange, orange, white, orange, uh, white, orange, white, white, brown, white. I which was my least favorite. That's like the Browns were to go white, white, brown, white. Ugh. No, no, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. So, um, yeah, so. Uh, thumbs up from this podcast on the new helmet. Well done, Browns. Um, I can't wait to see the look. It, you know, that, that look, that jersey combination and look will go legend if they, the first time they break those out on Monday Night Football, they win in Pittsburgh. They might have to wear those the rest of the year. Just stomp them like 35 Oh, just kick their or ass. Like that. that stupid. Listen, I'm sure he's a cool guy. He's a nice guy, but that. Baby-handed quarterback that threw for uh, six touchdowns last year, and everybody in Pittsburgh is like thinking he's the next coming of Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's half his size. Speaking of which, so my golf league is on Thursday every yep. week, right? So when we go when we go to the bar, the grill, the fabulous wooden nickel in Brunswick on the border between Brunswick and Valley City hey on now. Marks Road. Shout out Wooden Nickel. Uh, we got into a conversation of who's going to make the Super Bowl and who is going to win the Super Bowl. And it's, you know, some little small $5 bet. And there were eight of us that decided to play this game. And these were the choices that people made. And some of them are like, you know, you would expect. And some of them are not quite what you would expect. And I'll just lead, since we're talking about Pittsburgh, I'll just lead off with the one resident Pittsburgh fan who just happened to pick the Steelers to win the okay. Super Bowl over the Eagles. How many How many of them are there? There's eight. Okay, read them off to me and let me see. Is your dad in here? Yes. Read them off to me and let me see if I can if pick out which one your dad which is. Which one his is and which one mine is, maybe? Oh, yeah, you too. Okay. Okay, so, well, you know it's not Steelers over Eagles, yeah. either one of us, obviously. Yes. So the other choices were Eagles over Dolphins. <laughs> 49ers over Bengals, okay. 49ers over Bills, Bills over 49ers, Chiefs over 49ers, Chargers over Lions, and Bengals over Bears. I think, yeah, let me see that. Oh, that's got the names. I was oh. going to show you, but no. I think you were... Wait, read those off again. Eagles over Dolphins, 49ers over Bengals, 49ers over Bills, Bills over 49ers, Chiefs over 49ers, Chargers Were over you Lions. Were you 49ers was, over Bills? I was 49ers over Bills. Got it. Yes. I know you're a Brock Brock Purdy sycophant, so I knew you'd probably have the They have 49ers. such a great roster, and yeah, I'm high um, on Brock Purdy. So. And then I'm going to go ahead and guess your dad is Eagles over Dolphins. That was actually not him. That Damn. was uh, Scotty Miller, one of the other Red so da- Eagles. Fans. So your dad's not picking the Eagles to win the Super no, Bowl. No, he did not. Um, uh, let's see. Did your dad didn't pick the one with the Lions, did he? No. <laughs> okay. No, that was Greg Gatos. He, uh, <laughs> the Chargers win the Super Bowl. He's insane. Yeah. Good God. Sorry, Matthew, but no. <laughs> even Matthew wouldn't pick that. Yeah. He, Tim Duncan. Even Tim Duncan thinks. Never mind. You can't even say it. I can't. Uh, give me the ones that I haven't guessed yet again. Sorry. Uh, 49ers over Bengals. 
Bills over 49ers, Bengals over Bears, Chiefs over 49ers. Oh, I know your dad didn't pick the Bears. No, you're right. He did not pick the Bears. Uh, the Super Bowl from the NFC. Let's see. Did your dad just go the opposite and pick Bills over Niners? No, that was actually Frank Anderson. Um, Michael's pick was actually 49ers over Bengals. Ah. A rehashing okay. of two previous Super Bowls. Got it. Interesting. As All right. much as I wouldn't want to see the Bengals win the AFC again, seeing them lose another Super Bowl would be quite <laughs> comical. It would be. I'd rather see them go 5-12. and 12. Right, exactly. I wouldn't want to see them get anywhere near the Super Bowl again. Yeah. So, but All right. uh, interesting. So, of the crazy teams on this list, the yeah. Steelers, the Chargers, the Lions, and the Bears, who would be most likely to get there? I mean, I am high on Justin Fields, but like, Bears would be pretty wild. Am I crazy to say the Lions? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think they have the best chance of those four teams. Lions Good. played great in the second half of the last season. Uh, and, Jared Goff is a solid veteran at quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has left that division, so yeah, Boogeyman it, is it, out of that division. It's much, you know, that division no, is completely no up for grabs. obvious good, great team in the NFC North. Yeah. So, yeah, I absolutely. The, if, if, the, if the Lions win, their, win the NFC North this year, I don't think anybody's wanting to go to Ford Field to play a game in the playoffs. The, the, imagine the atmosphere of that that Damn. stadium. That atmosphere is going to be insane. I think, other than the Browns, yeah. since the NFL went to 32 teams in 2002 and realigned the divisions, yep. the Lions are the only other team to not hosted a playoff game. Oh, that's sad. So that place would be absolutely eight. Bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Bananas. I mean, people people think you know people think Arrowhead is loud in the playoffs, but I don't think anybody has heard has has heard anything as to what Brown Stadium would be if they hosted a playoff game. And I don't think Detroit is that far behind. In fact, I think Detroit might actually be louder because they play in a dome. I think 1997 <clears throat> was the last time they hosted a playoff game, back when Barry Sanders was playing. That's, for them. that's quicker than our, us. Ours is 1994. Yeah. Uh, then again, the team was out for three years, so that's true. Take that, that is into true. Account. And if you go back and you watch and, and you – the Browns were firmly on the ascension before news broke that they were moving the team. They just – They started uh, the season very well in 95. Nine, 94. Uh, 94, they went 11-5. and five. They won a home playoff game and then uh, lost to Pittsburgh. Um, and then 95, they started 3-1, and one, and then the news broke, and they finished 5-11 and 11 that season. How nuts must it have been – and we were only eight at the time. Eight. Yeah, I have no recollection. In September of 95, when the Indians were having maybe their greatest season ever, with the only possible exceptions of I remember that. I don't remember the Browns in 95. In 1920. Yeah. So, like, their season is just ending. They're just going into the postseason at the same time that the Browns are being announced that they're moving. So, like, you've got... Part of you is euphoric for what's happening in baseball, but yet at the other side, the other side of you is just absolutely dead, crying funeral because yeah. of what hap- is going well, on. I think it, that that's that's why I think that era of Indians baseball had so much fever to it is that everybody just gravitated towards the baseball team because they were good, and everybody just felt so betrayed by you know Art Modell and the football team moving away. It's like right, you know. They had to have something to latch on to, and boy, did they latch on to the Indians. I mean, it was a perfect storm. They opened up a brand-new ballpark. It was. They opened up a brand-new ballpark. The team was good, and the football team left. Left, it was a perfect so storm. you didn't have the you know divide of sports and options to you know spend your money and do things. So yeah. from 96 through 98, all the way through 99, because the, you know, the Browns season doesn't start until September of 99, so you basically have four years almost where the Browns were not present. Yeah, you know, I think. Well, how long? Did, when did the sellout streak end? I think it was two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah, six years, basically five and a half years of uh, straight sellouts. That's unbelievable. Four hundred and fifty-five straight games. Even for like the April Tuesday nighter against Kansas City, when it's like forty-eight degrees at first pitch, yeah. it was still sold. Like, how in the world? Now, now for those games. Paid attendance was sold out. I don't think every seat was. I don't think. I don't think. No, probably not. But yeah, I mean, it, it was. You still would have people in the upper deck that would still stick sure. it out anyway. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy, 
what a what a couple of years for uh for Cleveland sports that was. Ninety four, you know, the team probably doesn't wasn't gonna win the World Series in ninety four, but they were one of the most dangerous teams going into when the strike happened. They were in the wild card spot when yeah. the strike Who happened. knows what, what would have happened? And then given given the way that they started out in ninety five, you know, obviously they were on a mission uh after ninety five started because I you know, back in ninety four and we're we're rehashing that we're not going on twenty eight years of history. That ninety four team, who knows what they would have done in that in that playoffs if they actually would have it's almost crazy to think now. Obviously we had it in the NHL when they had a whole season wiped out. We didn't have a World Series winner in nineteen ninety four. No. There was no champion in ninety four. That's no. crazy. It's not something you see often in sports. No. And hot NHL what was it, two thousand ten? I believe, or was it before that? No, it was before when it was that. strike. It was like 2004 or five. 2010 was the NA, was NFL lockout, if yeah. I remember correctly. But they ended up not missing any games. Um, yeah. Could you imagine now in 2023 of a uh, labor labor stoppage in the NFL? Oh, I think boy. the world would flip upside. Well, at least Ooh, the United sheesh. States of America would flip upside down. <sighs> yeah, but, I mean. Our brand of football is not very popular in most places overseas, but no. I mean, this country would know what to do with themselves. Yeah, yeah. So, don't wish that, please. No, I. Well, <laughs> the the unless NFL, you were like going to guarantee that the Bengals well, or Pittsburgh was going to win the Super Bowl this year, then yeah. be like, okay, let's have a work stoppage. But yeah. <laughs> so or Baltimore, right? Screw them too. But. uh all right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Or do you got something else? One, just one final word. Yep. That whole um, picking who's going to um, win the Super Bowl and who's going from each conference. Is there a wager on that? There's one person who hasn't had her say yet. Okay. And that is my daughter Scarlett. Uh oh. I have the mini helmets of all 32 teams. Wow. At some point, I'm going to put this on Twitter in the next week. Yep. She is going to walk up to the two piles yep. for the AFC and the NFC, and she's going to pick up one. And those are going to be her picks for who's going to the Super well, Bowl this year. Make sure you put a piece of candy inside the Browns helmet. <laughs> she didn't <laughs> even eat candy. That's not well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever her snack is. French whatever. fries, perhaps. Oh, there you go. That's her favorite food. Yeah. So look, her, out, look out for that, folks. Get her a five-for-five five deal at Wendy's and uh, you know, stuff, a couple, stuff a couple fries in that Browns helmet. All right, so uh, that is going to do it for another episode of Living Off the Land. This was episode 264. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening and following along. And, uh, yeah, so you can follow us on social media. At Stiffs McGee. And at Daniel J. Ford. You can follow the show at the L-O-T-L podcast. And uh, it's going to be up it for us this week. Uh, hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your week, weekend. We will catch you guys next week. The Browns, I believe, are leaving for training camp next week. Football season is right around the corner. Kind of, but not really. Well, as far training as... Training camp does open, so well, that's as far, something. As far as us talk, talking about uh, football again, uh, it's upon us. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, thanks again. We will see you guys next week. And, uh, yeah, have a great rest of your week. See ya. Bye.